right. Are you also in the closet? No, I'm not in the closet. I'm in my bedroom. Um, but it's, it, I can't go to the closet because, I mean, I guess I could go to the closet. <laughs> you don't have to go to the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I too want to feel like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! Stuck in the Don't closet. Cut that part out, cause that's a surefire way. Like we can't take on Scientology in the first, in the second episode. Okay, but we can wait until like maybe season three. I mean, yeah, but people already have to be loyal to us before Scientologists come trying to destroy us. All right. Welcome to Gag Reflex. No, no Jesse, we talked about this. We're not singing the intro. <laughs> Well, listen, until somebody creates us an intro, until we find a fine, fine musician to create us an intro, we're keeping my my vocal gag reflex. All right, let's do it again. Welcome to no. Gag no. Reflex. How do I make it stop? <laughs> gag Reflex. What's that smell? Gag Reflex. Vintage Dinos from Hell. So, before we get started, I have a correction from last oh, week. Okay. So, so the guy who's who like named cookbooks like this regrettable food. Right. Last last week, I talked to him. I talked about him as uh, I named him Dan Lelex. That that's not his name. And I think that I have some like mental blindness around the name Dan. It's I have a weird history with it. So, in college, like freshman year, I met this guy, like one of the first days during freshman orientation, named Phil. It was a super nice guy, and I introduce him to everybody and like. You know, at like I'm really outgoing and gregarious, as you may have noticed. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm making a pack of friends as I do freshman year. And then good for you. And I'm introducing him to everybody. And then like literally two months into freshman year, he's like, "Listen, I gotta talk to you. My name's not Phil. <gasps> My name has never been Phil. My name's Dan." And I'm like, "Everyone oh calls you Phil now. Like, why?" Why didn't you correct me? For two months he let this go for, on? For like at least two months. I don't remember exactly, but it was at least two months. Like it was a long time. And so like... Then, he, at that then, point, I, I have to say, you get literally 48 hours. But then, at the, you know, I mean, I understand I mean, if you're I like, oh, I don't just, want to correct you and I don't know you and whatever. I think at first now, it was... I think at first it was he didn't want to correct me and then after a while he just thought it was funny. Like everyone was... <laughs> Everyone he leaned into. He, he leaned, leaned into, into Phil. It. He leaned into it. There were like two or three people that he had introduced himself to first, who knew that his name was Dan, and then everybody. But then who were confused because everyone else. Everyone else a, called him Phil. I, what a strange name for you to choose. I guess I don't know, man. Uh, so anyway, I did that to him, and it like it stuck so badly that like there was another guy named Dan in our freshman oh, no. class. And you also called him Phil. No, no, no. Everyone called him Dan. Like, I knew him as Dan, and I barely knew him. But, like, <laughs> friends of ours who had, like, mutual friends, when we would talk about Dan, like, after that two-month period, 
Well, we would talk about Dan. They would specify. They'd be like, Dan this, I don't remember his last name, or Phil or, Dan. Or Phil Dan. That's exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Phil Dan. I know. Anyway, so listen, I've done, I've done this to poor James Lelex. I've also. Yeah, but you just, damned him. I damned him, so I did the opposite. This is my so karma. You... <laughs> you're right. You're writing the wrong right now. Well, good so, for you. And uh, Phil Dan, if you're out there, this is dedicated to you. Yes. And uh, James Lee likes, thank you for setting us on this incredible path. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go buy the book Gallery of Regrettable Food. It's really pretty spectacular. And you can see a lot of um, a lot of the links from it on uh, com, where he has like a whole online gallery of horror show recipes uh along with his hilarious commentary so sorry i misnamed james lelex not dan lelex jesus christ that was quite an intro (laughs) (laughs) sorry it needed to be corrected so the cookbook that we're looking at this week is called the spin the bottle cookbook for foods that fit your moods by heinz tomato ketchup Oh, God. Spin the bottle for taste. Spin the bottle for something. For a sexy adventure in a sugary condiment. Some people are always in the mood for food, says Heinz. It is for all of these I'm in the mood for folks that this recipe collection is intended. Some people are always in the mood for food. Who's not? Models? I feel like they're in a perpetual state of hanger, so they too are always in the mood for food. I guess. Or those people who are like, I'll just order a side salad and I'll lick a stamp for dessert. I couldn't eat another thing. Okay, so my favorite thing about this book is um, they have a little, like it's an advertising cookbook, so they want you to have as many as you can possibly want, right? To like is, give out to your friends. So there's a little section So is it like corner. a pamphlet? How it's, big is this? It's very, it's very small. It's 19 pages, but it's, oh. chock, but it's chock full of nightmares. <laughs> <clears throat> Just like my teenage years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Very short, but, but chock full of nightmares. But there's a little thing in the corner of the first page that says, for additional copies, write to Spin the Bottle, PO Box 28. D36, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15230. Do they give them out for free? Is it a free cookbook? I assume so, because, like, why would they make you... Maybe they would make you pay, like, a small nominal amount, but I bet... I haven't done my research on the cookbook itself, but I bet it was, like, one of those things given away free with purchase or... Oh, it's like they're doing a service for the community. Yeah. No, they want you to learn how to... In this time of racial strife, they want to learn you to learn how to integrate ketchup into every mood. Listen, spoiler alert is that there's like a lot of desserts in here. Oh, God. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm excited about is the hot ketchup. Just the thought of hot ketchup makes me slightly, if a tremendous amount, nauseated. I mean, this is basically, this whole cookbook is your son's dream. I feel like he is a big ketchup fan and he would love everything about this. He sure is. He might be. (laughs) And therefore, whatever you give me will be a delight. And I'm sure his favorite meal and we'll have to make it multiple times. It'll it'll move into the general Baden-Campbell repertoire of of dishes, dinner dishes. 
Well, that's a shame. Well, listen, <laughs> you made this bed of ketchup. <coughs> now I have to lie on the bun. All right. So here we are. Let's, I'm going to begin by talking okay. about my fun facts. All right. I think I want to institute for this podcast a general fun facts about the product. Okay. All right. So this is fun facts about ketchup. 97% of American homes keep ketchup in the kitchen. I believe that. I don't believe that the other 3% keep it in the bedroom. I think this is just the way <laughs> just that I found eaters. their ketchup eaters. This is the way that I found the uh, statement. <laughs> we have currently like two bottles of ketchup in the fridge because I forgot we had ketchup. Oh, yeah. You always have to have a backup. Listen, well, and the other backup is never is a bad out. thing. And then Greg has been like collecting the ketchup packets that come with to go stuff so we have like a jar full of ketchup packet but like what are they for we fucking have ketchup like well listen come uh, come end days <laughs> you could squeeze them all back mm. into the bottle although mr Hines says that's a no-no and you'll find out later why but um oh, interesting it is interesting you know the whole thing with the marrying the ketchups if you go to a diner and you put one ketchup bottle like a half a half yeah. filled one into another half filled one yeah that's called marrying the ketchup and yeah. um Heinz, who was a huge germaphobe was super <laughs> anti that i mean ultimately we're grateful for him for be for being a germaphobe because sure, yes. it helped because along we... the process and for somebody who runs a food corporation being yeah, a germaphobe w- is a little bit of an asset that's i would ex- say <laughs> that's exactly who i would like to be a germaphobe correct agreed 97 percent of american homes keep ketchup in the kitchen the right. other three percent keep it in the bedroom to do dirty things uh each human eats three bottles of ketchup a year <clears throat> one tablespoon of ketchup carries 16 calories and zero percent fat and four tablespoons of ketchup is the nutritional equivalent of an entire ripe medium tomato and a bowl of frosted Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. That's disgusting. Okay, cool. All right, so let's talk about the history. Now this, yes. you're going to be so excited. It's very teeny. And also, for your listening pleasure, I've included several oldie-timey recipes. Ooh. Bespoke recipes. I know. You also- ready? Are there, yeah. are there are there mass atrocities this time? You know how I like No, my... n- I know. <laughs> this is not combining your loves. Mm-hmm. Can I can I just interject that I I feel like I I think I have a like 2018 assumption about corporations that they're all going to have like a dark past. <laughs> like I a corporation don't think you're that, wrong. like a corporation that has been around for a really long time. I like right. I assume that they murdered or exploited people. Right. I'm a little disappointed that you're telling me that this is not in Heinz's past. But... <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I didn't do an incredibly deep dive. I, I did try and see if there was anything scandalous about the, about the company, about Heinz himself, and I didn't find anything. You know, unlike no. the seedy underbelly of of Del Monte or Chiquita or any of those, this did not have it. it. Now that may be a deep, dark secret kept somewhere, you know, on a compound. Clean Hines. <laughs> Listen, in a compound what... in Hemet, California. I do not know, but I didn't find Ooh, it. Careful there. Right. Um, 
I will say this. The, the scandal I can offer on Heinz is Please. that Greg at some point in his career worked on the, the you know, he does air the noise campaign? reduction for, no, okay. he does noise reduction for VIP airplanes. So Ter- Teresa Heinz's airplane, the corporate Heinz airplane. Right is done up in all of the Heinz product colors. So it's like so red and yellow red, and green. Ketchup red, yellow must mustard yellow, relish green. First of all, and that's gonna, that's got to be That's a strong effort. that's a strong decision to make. Yes. That's commitment to your brand. That is commitment to your brand. The the interior also? I asked him. He says he thinks the interior is like accents of those color, but um colors but that it's the outside the outside of the plane is those three colors <laughs> it's very mod i kind of like it it's retro it's very, mod. It's very yeah that's what that nice is. all right so let's talk about the history okay ketchup comes from the chinese word ketchup so it originally came from fiji went through vietnam to southeastern china <laughs> i do not know if i'm pronouncing ketchup correctly but i have a great story <laughs> accompanying it Which is that when I was in high school, I had a friend who was Chinese and um, she was, you know, teaching me a couple of words. And one of the words that she taught me was wallet. And she said, pibao, pibao. That's how you say wallet, pibao. Now, I know that Chinese is a tonal language. (coughs) Right. But I heard what I heard. And for years, I was like, oh, I know some Chinese, pibao. And then when I got to university, I had another Chinese friend. We were talking. And I said, oh, well, I know a word in Chinese. Pibao. And she looked at me and she started laughing. She said, what do you think you're saying? I said, it's wallet. It means wallet. She goes, no, 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 no. It means fart muffin. What? What is that? It means absolutely nothing. (laughs) I mean, the words put together in whatever tones I was saying were fart muffin. <laughs> so for years I'd been calling my wallet my fart muffin. <laughs> so there's your story. <laughs> Jesse in the Chinese language. Oh and is- how she carries all of her credit cards in a fart muffin. <laughs> <Hee bao. laughs> all right. So Ketsyap or however it was pronounced, fart muffin, uh, (laughs) started off in Fiji, and it was actually, it was fermented fish. So you know the fish sauce that exists today? That's what ketchup was. That's exactly what it was. That's so much better than ketchup. It's so much better than ketchup. I think that the idea behind ketchup is this umami, and we'll see through the history, Uh. it's basically placing an umami kind of sauce. Before we had the fancy umami word, right? Okay, I, I have some news for ketchup purveyors today, which is that you have erased all umami. None! No umami for you! There's no umami in ketchup now. Are you ready? So through my research, I found the first recipe on record. What? For, yes. You ready? Yeah. It's from 544 of the Common Era. Whoa, that far back? 544, Yes. Here we go. Take the intestine, stomach, and bladder of the yellowfish, shark, and mullet. Wash them well. See, even then, even then we were into the hygiene. That's where it stops, though. Mix them with a moderate amount of salt and place them in a jar. 
seal tightly, and incubate in the sun. It will be ready in 20 days in summer, 50 days in spring or fall, and 100 days in winter. Okay, you you know when people say you don't want to know how the sausage is made? Like th- This is what they mean. You don't want to know how the ketchup is made. Or the like fish I, sauce in this case. I really like fish sauce and I never need to hear again. <laughs> like what what goes in there? That sounds awful. Well It's the incubating it was, it's the, it incubating was the year five forty four. But it's the incubating in the sun part. Like what does Right. It was like that's make really, sure all the botulism gets packed in there. That's and like a then really, you're good to go. That's like a really precise word. I don't like it. <laughs> What, incubate? Yes. Yeah, it's very medical, isn't it? It's very like something is about to be born here from this well, thing I think, that you're making. Yes, I think foodborne out, you know, foodborne yeah. disease is about to yeah. be born there. Yeah. All right, so in the late 17th, probably early 18th centuries, <laughs> the British most likely encountered ketchup in southeastern Asia and they returned home. And they tried to replicate it with various things. We know this because we found a recipe published in 1732 for ketchup in paste by Richard Bradley, which referenced Ben Coulin in the East Indies as its origin. All right, Ben. Most British recipes called for ingredients like mushrooms, walnuts, oysters, and they they did put in anchovies in an effort to sort of reproduce that fishy kind of flavor. But you see all mushrooms again, very umami, walnuts, well, oysters, all these things. Yep. This sounds like they were just this is how Worcestershire sauce happened. Is this how Worcestershire that's sauce That's exactly happened? how, yes, that's exactly how Worcestershire okay. sauce happened. The early ketchups, again, as you can imagine, were mostly thin and dark, and they were often added to soups and sauces and meats and fish, and there were no tomatoes in any of these recipes. Well, because that's a new world food anyway, right? Tomatoes? That's exactly right. No, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, mushroom ketchup was apparently a favorite of Jane Austen's. Huh. She talked about it, yeah, and, you know, people who've read diaries and people who visited Jane Austen talked about how much she loved this mushroom, this mushroom ketchup. All right. All right. Here's a typical recipe from 1742. It's from a, it's from a London cookbook (coughs) for ketchup. Okay. The other thing is that these people were very interested in making food that lasted, right? Right. So here you go. To make ketchup that will keep good for 20 years. No. mm -mm. And note that in 1742, there was no such thing as a refrigerator, refrigerator so no. keep this the fuck in mind oh god take a gallon of strong stale beer so british so british <laughs> so british take a gallon of strong stale beer one pound of anchovies washed and cleaned from the guts half an ounce of mace half an ounce of cloves you know i like that they're spicing it because yeah. typically the british aren't known for their spicing right Right, but I think this is going to be the spice. They're just known for colonizing countries that have spices, but not for actual use use of them. No, they were real good at that second butt, though. All right. Um, Half an ounce of mace, half an ounce of cloves, a quarter of an ounce of pepper, three large races of ginger. I don't know what a race of ginger is. Is that like a big, a knob of ginger? I guess. I don't know, I guess. One pound of eschalots, or shallots, and one quart of flap mushrooms. Well rubbed fl- and picked. What I like how they say well rubbed. Like, don't even wash them. Just give what them is- a good zhuzh. You're good what? to go. <laughs> What's a flap mushroom? I don't know. 
Well, all right. Well, there you are. All right, so boil all of these over a slow fire till it is half wasted. So I think reduced you know, by to half. half. Exactly, reduced by half. And strain it through a flannel bag. Let it stand till it is quite cold, then bottle it and stop it very close. No. no. That's it. That's That's it. That shit's going to last you. That bottling it very close thing is just not like 20 years. No, no boiling, no sealing cap. No. No, none of it. All right. Enter the tomato. The first. Before we enter the tomato, I would like to I would like us to go back on yeah. our our decision that the history of ketchup didn't involve mass atrocities because like <laughs> no, but like for sure that killed someone. Like, oh yes, absolutely. Well, just hold in on. terms of like disease and no, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. All right. Enter the tomato. Okay. The first known published tomato ketchup recipe appeared in 1812, written by scientist and horticulturalist James Meese, who referred to tomatoes as love apples. So prior to this, just so I don't know if you're familiar with this, there was a controversy regarding tomatoes because they were nightshades and they were said to be poisonous. And you know the people, right? Yeah. James Meese sort of blew the lid off of this, right? And his studies basically devilified tomatoes. His recipe contained tomato pulp, spices, and brandy, but it lacked vinegar and sugar. Though I'm sure that the brandy somehow acted as the vinegar, and sugar for that matter. No, I'm sure, I mean, not in flavor, but I imagine it did in, like, preservative power, right? Right, I think to a certain extent. I still would not trust anything in that vein to keep for 20 years. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. However, it wasn't until the 1830s that America basically discovered or got hit to the fact that tomatoes could be delicious. In 1834, an Ohio physician named John Cook Bennett declared tomatoes to be a universal panacea that could be used to treat... No. (laughs) Yes, girl. That could be used to treat diarrhea, violent bilious attacks, and indigestion. And pretty soon, he was publishing recipes for tomato ketchup, which he then concentrated into pill form and sold as a patent medicine across the country. So now, thanks to this quack, tomato ketchup was actually considered to be a sort of tonic or a condiment that was healthier rather than normal ketchup. Are we back in the Victorian age? Is that what's happening here? Always, always. They have such weird ideas about like what's happening to the body. They have fascinating ideas about health and sexuality and the body in general. It's really... Really nuts. All right. So in the mid-1800s, ketchup then becomes all the rage in the United States. But there was just one problem. So the tomato season, you know, prior to global warming was relatively short. It lasted from (laughs) mid-August until mid-October. And ketchup could only be made fresh for two months out of the year. Oh. But because... Right. Because ketchup was now so popular, by the late 19th century, Americans were used to expecting ketchup year-round. A year's worth of ketchup couldn't be made in two months, so manufacturers preserved pulp to meet yearly expectations, which okay. wasn't a bad strategy, except for the fact that we're talking about the mid-1800s, when scenes clearly... from, yes, I mean, think Upton Sinclair's, yeah, and basically, they just shit all about preserving, clearly. Exactly, and that described, essentially, every fucking <clears throat> food factory, so quality Ew. control was zero, entire barrels of this tomato pulp were stored so badly that when they were open they were filled with mold yeast spores and deadly bacteria oh my god 
So to prevent the ketchup from molding further, ketchup makers filled their batches with these ridiculously harmful preservatives. And those included boric acid, formalin, salicylic acid. That's that shit that Isn't you that put on your face to prevent pimples. pimples yes. Right? Ew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And benzoic acid. I think benzoic uh. was one of the favorites. Uh, then, <laughs> on top of that, on top of that harmful concoction, because when they dried the pulp, when the pulp was sieved out, it looked sort of yellowish. Ew. They would add coal tar to dye the ketchup red. Oh, gross. Are you fucking serious? So, like, ketchup was giving black lung to innocent humans? Coal tar is flammable enough to fire boilers, and it's commonly used to coat asphalt in parking lots. Oh, in concentra- <laughs> In concentrations above 5%, it's considered to be a group one carcinogen. This is so much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, no, it gets worse. Many ketchups were cooked in <laughs> copper tubs, leading to a chemical reaction between the copper and ketchup that actually made the concoction poisonous to consume. Oh, my God. In a study of commercial ketchups conducted in 1896, 90% of all ketchups on the market were found to contain injurious ingredients that could lead to death. Deadly, deadly ketchup. Okay, I'm going to put this out there for a second. Please do. This is why I don't understand steampunk people. Because, like, (laughs) I, I I get that the clothes are real cute, it's an aesthetic. I don't I, think that they eat things I, I, from that time period. No, but, like, I know people that just get, like, real old-timey about it, you know? And, like, <sighs> like... That's just the hipster of another age, color. The Victorian age was so fucked. It really was. I mean, to say nothing of the, like, racism and misogyny of that era, but, like... Oh, absolutely. Just, you know, if... If you're a white person that feels like they're going to ignore that stuff anyway, like th- this should convince you. Like not not a good age to emulate. Ugh, thank God we live now. And thank God we live now. And thank God for Mr. Hines. All right, right? Mr. Hines is going to save gonna us all. He's going to clean all this shit up. He's going to save us all. Bless his soul. Hines Hines's company, Henry J. Hines. All right, let me start over. Henry J. Hines began making ketchup in 1876. Guess okay. what? He what? sold it at the World's Fair. At the oh. Philadelphia World's Fair. Again. Is that the same World's Fair as the banana? It's the same World's Fair as the banana. Henry J. Hines started making horseradish. And from the inception, he was committed to two things. Cleanliness and purity through transparency. Oh, this man. God Where bless him been all of our victorian lives <laughs> not eating ketchup clearly because if he were he would not be alive to do this no thank fucking god for this guy so he was truthful about all the ingredients in his products and this is so cool he was actually at the forefront of establishing the clear glass bottle so you know at that time yeah. bottles were green or brown and he created he was part of the whole wave that created this clear glass bottle so people could see that he actually had nothing to hide huh. At a time when clearly no one else the fuck cared, Heinz was obsessed with making his products as pure as possible. All right, I'm now this is where this you're guy. gonna you're gonna fall in love with him a little bit more because his factories were known as models of progressiveness. Not only were Heinz employees given free life insurance, death insurance, doctor and dental services. Wow, they had also had access. Yes, he was the proto Google. He wow. they also had access to on-site cafeterias 
dining rooms, medical stations, swimming pools, gymnasiums, and roof gardens. Whoa. I want to work at Heinz. I totally want to work at Heinz. I want to work at Heinz in 1896, but that was maybe that was the game right there. Maybe we would it's have had still to like move. That. I think it probably is. The pictures on the website, people seem very happy. So Heinz actually kind of a good guy. Heinz was a good guy. The workers were encouraged to be meticulously clean, and at a time when factory workers didn't even have running water at home, Heinz provided fresh uniforms a free laundry service, and even, this is so cool, you might want to ask your workplace to start this. They had an in-house manicurist to help keep their nails immaculate. Oh, God, I'm 100% about this. I mean, I would have hoped that they wore gloves, but it appears that they did not. If well, they but, really... like, <laughs> but, you but know... back then, like, what the, what would the gloves have done? Like, it's not like they Probably had, nothing. Like, I'm sure it was a fucking cowhide that they put on their yeah. hands. Exactly. So, like, this exactly. sounds better, actually. In fact, Heinz factories were such models of cleanliness and happiness that 30,000 visitors were allowed to tour the factory every year. Ooh, it's like, it's like Willy Wonka. I was gonna say. Heinz felt he had absolutely nothing to hide. I like this guy. I like this guy. He was... Maybe a wife beater, but you know what? I don't want to talk oh, about it. No, I, don't uh, no I mean, there's nothing. Sorry, there's nothing that indicates that. But you always know that these people who seem amazing and completely stable actually have a box of Barbie doll heads under their bed or something like that. Oh. So we don't know. Anyway, but I'm let's just go with this my, because yeah. Henry Hines seems like a great and wonderful man. Yes, according to everything that I've read. I'm going with great and wonderful man. Perfect. Heinz developed a recipe that used ripe red tomatoes, which have more of the natural preservative called pectin than scraps, or like the pulp, right, mm, that yeah. other manufacturers use. He dramatically increased the amount of vinegar to reduce the risk of spoilage. Smart. And he began producing preservative-free ketchup that soon dominated the market. By 1905, mm. the company had sold 5 million bottles of ketchup. Wow. Yeah. The last thing that we'll talk about is, you know, it's called Heinz 57 ketchup. So you might be wondering why did he call it 57? Did Were there 57 products that he was selling? Well, I'm going to tell you. Henry J. Heinz was inspired by a train advertisement that he saw for a company that made 21 varieties of shoes. And he combined his favorite number five with his wife's favorite number seven to brag about his own company's breadth of products. When he first began to put the 57 varieties label on his ketchup, uh, the Heinz company was already producing over 60 different products. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that a great story? That is a great story. I, I knew that the 57 was mi was made up, but I didn't realize right. that it was a combo of their favorite numbers. That's it was a cool. combo of their... So maybe he wasn't a wife beater after maybe. all. He fucking loved that wife. I he loved his wife. He loved cleanliness. He loved people not dying of botulism. And I, mean, I, and I love him back for all those things. That, that's and he's from great things. He's also from Pittsburgh, which is a solid fucking town and a place where they put french fries on a salad. So ultimately, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that Henry Jane H J. Hines, good man. Go Pittsburgh. Good man. Go yes. Pittsburgh. Go, Go Penguins. Go, Go Hines. Hines. Go Pittsburgh. I don't know what sports teams you will have because I don't know anything <laughs> about things with balls. All right. Jewess. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Is that it? That's it. Oh, that was good. I got to tell you, with the banana cookbook, like, every recipe was made so much worse knowing the context of the history. Right. And now now I'm like, I got a little rosy glow about me. Like, I really like Stop. Heinz. 
It's not so bad. Now, Hot now ketchup like, maybe is not so bad. Now I'm like thinking that maybe we should give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Like I realize it's not like Mr. Hines himself who wrote these recipes and this is now 1970 so he was long gone. But ketchup is on its own like a pretty fucking brilliant product. It sure is. It just doesn't belong in a cake. And I've... <laughs> like, Well, it might be sweet enough. Who's to say? No, I don't care. No. <laughs> Like, again, like a banana, like, it's not elevating the cake, right? Like, so you're just putting it in there to make a point. Which, and, you, the, your, and your point is, I made a fucking cake with cat. This, you think? That's, that's like the birthday cake that you make for your son who's obsessed with ketchup. Oh, he just, would fucking love it. Are you kidding to, me? Yeah, just to make the point that you made a cake with ketchup. and like I can actually it, see making a tower, maybe a cake made of chicken nuggets and a frosting made with ketchup. Now that. All right, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. You could just mix like <laughs> ma- mashed potatoes with ketchup as the frosting. Mm. That actually sounds delicious. No, that sounds horrible. A savory cake? Listen, Fine. savory cake, sure. <laughs> you seem on the fence about that, too. All right, whatever. Moving on. Okay, so, again, this is the Spin the Bottle cookbook for foods that fit your moods. And the first the first mood is the turned the on... The first mood. The first mood. Which mood has one. A, which has an orange and brown rainbow. <gasps> Oh, uh, is the turned on. To it's all the mood. colors of the 70s rainbow. Yeah. Orange no, and brown. The next one is yellow and orange. It's pretty funny. Uh, so this is this is the, <laughs> the turned on to cook mood. Oh, give the they're ketchup... really they're really romancing you here. Yeah. They say mm-hmm. give the ketchup bottle a spin and open the door to a whirlwind of creative cooking. Here's <gasps> what I'm going to tell you. All of these creative recipes essentially yeah. taste the same. And what they taste of... is ketchup. Ta- no, what they taste like, they all taste like cultural appropriation. Again? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just the thing about the 70s, right? Because, I think like, you're right. They're like, they're like, you're going to serve this on your patio and you're going to have a tiki drink. And oh, so God. we're going to like, we're going to jazz up your regular old food. So instead of a regular old hand loaf, which let me just say for a second... Wait, is ham loaf included there? Ham loaf is included. I don't, <gasps> I don't understand how ham loaf has ever become a thing because this is like essentially already cooked ham that's like is ham- ground up. Yeah, what is ham loaf? Is it meatloaf but made with ham? It's meatloaf but made with ham. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the ham loaf recipe itself doesn't sound awful once you've gotten past the ham part of it. like <laughs> Or the visual of it. Which yeah. looks like... It looks a... like... Listen, have you spent any time in the parts of Pennsylvania that eat Scrapple? I have. Yes, yes. ma'am. So, yes. So the picture that they have of this looks like Scrapple. What but... is Scrapple... What is Scrapple? Is I that like lips know. and knuckles of the I, pig? I legit don't know. It's but... lips and assholes. Okay. Lips, assholes, and knuckles. Go on. Here, here's what I'm going to tell you about Scrapple, though. Please. Don't fu- don't fucking knock it until you try it. That's sh- much like when I tasted haggis and I was like super nervous about it. And then really? I, found- I and then I found out that it's fucking delicious. Like if you make this well, look at right. the, the Jews. The Sheep two intestine. Of us, it's the two true. of us as Jews should not be afraid of some like extra parts. That is that true. Eaten. Like th- this is the food of our people, and it was just like You're right. ha- haggis was essentially like better spice kasha. I can I tell you when I ate 
haggis for the first time, I was like, this tastes exactly the fuck like kasha varnishka. Yeah. It's exactly, exactly that. It it's exactly and you know what I put on it? Ketchup. Ke- oh, I put some yeah. ketchup on it God. and it was delicious. Why you do that? <laughs> okay. So once you've gotten past the point of like accepting that ham loaf has to exist in the world. Okay. The problem with this recipe is that they coat it in an apricot tomato sauce. Oh! And the apricot tomato sauce, the tomato Jesus, is, Mary and all the saints! The tomato oh. is just ketchup. There's no, like, other <gasps> tomato sauce in here. Can I ask a question, a general question about this? Did they yeah. ever use... Are there any recipes that use tomatoes no. to enhance the tomato? Okay. No. So anything that might have a tomato anything tinge that says is tomato is ketchup. It's ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this apricot tomato sauce is one cup of apricot nectar, which is that like apricot Ooh. juice stuff. <gasps> oh. Uh, one and a half teaspoons of cornstarch because you got to thicken this sauce up. Uh. Half a cup of Heinz tomato ketchup, a quarter cup of crushed pineapple, and a teaspoon of a half teaspoon of lemon juice. Mm. And you just like simmer that all together. That does not sound save for the ketchup. Everything in there t- sounds delicious. Everything else sounds okay, but then you put ketchup in it. Right, and then it and ruins also, it. Also, I want to point out no fucking salt. Yeah, but salt. No, no, I'm sorry. Is ketchup if you not a, salty? It's not, and if you have a sweet sauce, like, you gotta put, I'm just, I'm a pop. Oh, but okay. they didn't do that back then. They no. were very in the box when it came to flavors. This was either, this was sweet, this was sour, like, you didn't have any of that. Put some sea salt on your brownies. No, None of that shit that. existed. Like, but they have, like, you put salt in a cake, because you, like, you, like, the tongue actually can't but that ha- sweet if it's not I thought you salt. put salt in a cake to help it rise. No? no, that's some bullshit. No, I don't. The buy fuck that do picture. I know? All right, moving on. Listen, I'm not taking cooking tips from Jesse Baden Campbell. Um, <laughs> I love you, and I will take well, opera. T- I will take opera tips from you any fucking day. But, all right, mm. perfect. Or cleaning yeah. tips, for that matter. Cle- yes, cleaning tips. Cleaning is your jam. Okay, second recipe is Yankee Luau. <sighs> It's continue. Awful. It's awful. Continue. It's exactly so, what I think. It sounds like a repeat of what you just read. That in itself was a Yankee luau. That was a Yankee luau. Okay, so this is you brown pork chops. After you brown them, you sprinkle them with salt and pepper, which seems like the wrong way around. <laughs> All right. Then you cut a yam or a sweet potato into four thick slices. Uh-huh. And you put a slice of pineapple and a slice of yam on each chop. Then you combine ketchup, pineapple syrup. What the fuck is that? I don't fucking know. Lemon juice, onion, Worcestershire sauce, salt, and ground cloves together. And pour it over this whole, like, pork chop, sweet potato, pineapple So it doesn't ultimately, it doesn't ultimately matter if you salt and pepper the chop before or after because all you're going to taste is this nasty vomit that you just put all over the chop right so the rest of this the rest of this chapter is really just like ketchup spiced with stuff like in one sense in one case you put like sweet relish and chopped onion in there and another one you just but now the relish is definitely it's heinz relish it's heinz relish they they are constantly they're brand loyal it's Mm -hmm. heinz worcestershire sauce heinz heinz apple cider vinegar heinz 
So it's basically like variations on barbecue sauces, like ketchup-based barbecue sauces. Oh, did, wait a second. Did barbecue sauce as we know it today, as, you know, bottled, etc., did that exist in the 70s? I don't know. Okay. That takes, I'll come back next week and let you know. Perfect. Um, so, so basically like the sauces themselves aren't that egregious. Like they don't sound good to me, but like, you know, they sound like something your grandma would have made you out in the barbecue. And, right. like, you would put this stuff on. But, the, right. like, the problem is that they, like, name things shit like Yankee Luau and Hideaway Beef and Caribbean Chicken. Like... Oh, my God! What is the recipe for Hideaway Beef? Uh, is that something that you have, like, during a tryst? So, like, or is it just you... <laughs> the Hideaway Beef Or is, is it basically... jerky because you hide it away for a while? What is it? So, the Hideaway... The Hideaway Beef... It doesn't sound that bad, but it's essentially, like, a biscuit. What? Like it's a it's like a meatball stuffed with American cheese. Now that sounds not bad. Not bad. Um and then but the like the meatball is made with ground beef, mm-hmm. tomato ketchup, sweet relish, and chopped oh, onion. Why the relish? Pepper. God, I, I almost could get on board with it if the relish just, were out. Like Every single one of these recipes calls for more than one Heinz product. And I it think it calls that's for literally every 57 of these fucking Heinz products well, I think together. I'm just trying to get the 57 varieties in here. So, all right. Well, so you make that meatball. Taste the rainbow. It, you make that meatball. You stuff it with a cube of American cheese. Mm-hmm. And then you ra- like you prepare biscuit mix. And then you wrap each. Each meatball ball. with a biscuit. This like, sounds like pigs in a blanket, but with meatballs. And meatball, I'm on board. I, like, I actually, I don't want the relish in there, but everything, like, it doesn't sound horrible. Like, this sounds okay. I would totally that, eat this. I would eat that too. And I bet the relish doesn't, like, I'm going to bet, because, you know, relish is watery. And if you're cooking it, I bet it loses all flavor. So basically, you just wind up getting a weird, mealy, like, pickly texture every once in a while. Well, like see, a little. That sounds awful. Which is gross, but but I'm willing to forgive that. I don't like eating things that taste mealy. That's why it's called mealy, because you're not, like, (laughs) gross. You don't, uh, anyway. So, like. I don't know. So this chapter, the rest of this chapter is really just, like, it's not so egregious, except that they're, like, we're just going to tell you that this is Caribbean. This thing that's like right. tomato, ketchup, vinegar, and green pepper. Now it's Caribbean because we put. Well, it- what the fuck does anyone in you know in Ohio or Kansas know from Caribbean, right? Well, I mean, we I haven't know. traveled. We don't know. I know, and so I resent the fact that this is what they're telling them. Like Caribbean food is so delicious, and it this is, is delicious. This and what the Chiquita Banana Cookbook are telling them is is Caribbean food is just like that's like that's where we why we are in the racial strife we are in today. Because Don't put that on Heinz. No, I'm putting that on all advertising cookbooks that like dumbed down international right. cuisine. Right. When like food is a way that we share our cultures. That's exactly right. And like the the message from this to me is like there it's okay to make an Amer- like assimilation is important. And so Americans, you don't have to try well, I don't in know order that, to like any of this stuff. I don't know that that, right. I mean, I think that what they thought they were doing is providing a service. Here is a window and here, I, they don't, again, No. nobody trusts the American 
psyche, the American population. So they think that they have to dumb it down in no. order for you to understand it. They think that they have to combine it no. with the American cheese and with the ketchup in order for you to ingest it. I disagree. I think that You don't they, think that they're thinking I think that? that? I think that they don't give a shit what Americans like or don't like. They want to sell the product. Well, that but, obviously And what, yes. what they also don't give a shit about is respecting other cultures. And well, so they're yes, like that's this, also a given this, actually. You might This is for the taking. Yeah, you won me over on this. This is for the taking and we can use this as a foil to sell more ketchup. Like I Not I, only I, is this not only is this for the taking. This is for the tikiing. This is oh, <laughs> No. That was bad. <laughs> that's okay. staying in the podcast. Okay. That's a yeah. winner. All right, that's, go on. Sure. Uh, all right, so then there's let's have friends over mood. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Popular ketchup is a must for the social scene because it blends so well with party fare and friends. Why are you blending your friends with ketchup is what I'd like to know. <laughs> it's part of the mosaic. It's part that, of the America's Toss salad. That sounds What's murdery. the dressing? The dressing is ketchup. The dressing is always ketchup. Um, so this has a bunch of different dips. Um, okay. The first one is devilish dip, which is just all of the Heinz products mixed into sour cream. Oh! So it's a cup Wait. of sour cream. Wait a second. Is that what Big Mac sauce is? Maybe. No, this is like, <laughs> I feel this, you know, when you were a kid and you would like mix ketchup and mustard into crazy sauce, like orange oh, totally. sauce. It's yes. that, it's that plus Worcestershire sauce mixed okay. into sour cream. And that a, doesn't break the sour cream? As a, di- no. You don't know I how think, this works. Sour cream has a lot of fat. Okay. And the fat can handle the vinegars. It can? Yes. Okay. I'm just checking. I don't know how any of this works. No, you don't. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not, That's how, not this. how any of this okay. works. All right, moving on. Okay, so then, like, they have these, like, again, my problem with this is less about how it would taste and more about the cultural appropriation they're in. They have mm-hmm. Tijuana tacos. <laughs> well, how which, is a taco? Wait, Which is what? just, it's basically like a sloppy joe of course in, it is. in a taco shell. I'm pretty sure that in the and that's 80s, what, that's what, that's what we were. had. Yeah, that's we what had tacos, tacos like that. Okay. That's what tacos the were. The ground beef. Then. And that's why we all hated tacos then. And what a fucking revelation. Yeah. But there's not even like, you know, like the one thing that would, whatever. It's like, there's no way this is a taco, but fine. Um, well, it's in a hard taco shell. Thus, it's a taco. Yeah, it's a, exactly. Um, so then, do you remember our polka dot dip? I do. Banana. Okay. I sure do. So here's some confetti dip to go along. (gasps) Ooh, funfetti dip. Which I'm going to say doesn't actually sound so bad. Please Uh, tickle my taste buds and my ears. It's a package of cream cheese, a little bit of milk to thin it out. And then a quarter cup of what's called Heinz hot ketchup. (gasps) Does that still exist? Does that? I was just about to ask if that still existed. Because if that exists, that like, sounds delicious. I'm, that sounds fantastic. I'm not gonna lie to you, Nama. You know what I do these days? You mix hot sauce and ketchup. 
I mix sriracha and ketchup and it's delicious because sriracha has that kind of ketchup you know texture and everything anyway it's amazing I also do the hot sauce and ketchup in a pinch I think they're delicious but if that can exist without me having to bring two bottles together I know listen we gotta do some research maybe we can get it on ebay apparently this stuff is good for 20 years um (laughs) I'm gonna look it up so okay so it's so it's cream cheese, milk, hot ketchup, a little bit of hot sauce, then finely chopped God hot... fucking damn it. The 70s and their dairy mixtures. Get out of the dairy, guys. But, I mean, it's a dip. That's why. That's why we all have these issues. Look it. Then, then right, they want... The, the confetti part of this, because that's, like, that's the base of the dip, and then right. here comes the confetti. The confetti right. So it's is, all a general pink right now. It's all a general right? pink, and then... It gets chopped, finely chopped Heinz kosher dill pickles. Oh! A, table, oh. a tablespoon of chopped pimento and a hard-cooked egg also finely no. chopped. I don't understand no. the egg. No. I don't, I don't because understand, but up until the egg? Up until the egg, it's Thousand Island dressing, is it not? I mean, it's spicy Thousand Island. It's spicy Thousand Island, which I'm I would ha- fuck with day in and day I'm out. I'm kind of about that. I... It does sound good. Now, I would put that mixture in a devil or like on top of a deviled egg. That would be delicious. That would so be good. So is that, it's this is a deconstructed deviled egg is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we can call it deconstructed when it's all mixed in together, but sure. And then you put it on a cracker. Okay, Deconstruct. I, I want to tell you that deconstructed equals in the 1970s lingo oh, dip dip it's just yeah it's that's dip really true. that's what the 70s saw as deconstructed and you put it on a cracker and it's delicious but it had the idea behind it right no deconstructed is the exact opposite of dip oh like everything's separate like everything's i guess you're separate. right yeah yeah listen the real nightmare in this chapter is something called carnival cream <gasps> do tell so this is a ketchup and maraschino cherry. No, no, you didn't. Frozen no. custard. Oh, oh, <laughs> With oh, almonds. God! It's so oh bad. my god! And all that is holy. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, oh and god! All... <laughs> Hold me closer, tiny dancer. I can't even deal with that. Oh, Ugh. All right, I won't even tell you the recipe. I'll just post it. But no, it's... you gotta tell me what the recipe is. I need to live. Th- I need to walk through this horror show. Okay, it's this house of insanity. <laughs> Let's do it. Hold my hand. I mean, come I, with me now. I feel like Heinz lulled us into a false sense of confidence and Absolutely. stability with some of you these. Can't... Like, like these... You can't start out with, you know, oh, just put some ketchup on top of your meatloaf to, and now we're going to have a nice cold custard featuring ketchup. I mean, but I'll remind you that Chiquita Banana was like, you know what you want to eat? Banana dip. For, like, right, right out of the box. Banana you know dip what with I... green peppers. All right, here's the thing. I'm, you know what I appreciate about the Chiquita is that they stabbed me in the front. 
Chiquita was the New Yorkers. Chiquita was the New Yorkers yeah. of cookbooks, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah. here we go. We're going to start like yeah. fucking nuts from the get go. No, this one is a sneak attack. This is a sneak attack. This, this is, is stabbing you. This is the LA Yeah. This is the, this is the, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm fucking you from the front, but I'm stabbing you from the back. And I'll remind you, this is the let's have friends over mood. So, like, you're preparing this for guests. Well, you're not going to have guests for very long. No. I mean, this, this is, is going to be your one and only showing, dear. I also have to say that I don't think this lives up to Heinz's, like, food cleanliness standards. Because here's what you, happens here. Because you're just dumping the refrigerator into no, one no, bowl of dip. Like, well, because there's, there's like, raw frozen eggs in this. Okay, so. What? Yeah, okay. What? Here's what happens. Are you ready? I'm never ready, but go. Listen, lotus position. <laughs> You're going to have to, because th- this is going to be, this is going to be rough. So you're going to have to, like, breathe through this one. All right. Let's do this. We good? Hold on. <laughs> I have the Xanax next to my bed. Just yeah. go. Take a sip of coffee. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So it's three eggs beaten with a half cup of sugar until it's thick and lemon colored, which is a normal thing that you do. Okay. When you're making Is custard. it just the yolks or the full of the egg? No, the full egg. Okay. Um, and then you mix in three tablespoons of chopped maraschino cherries and two <clears throat> tablespoons of chopped toasted almonds. That in itself is fine. All right, where we are. No, I, I'm on I don't the love a maraschino. Listen, I don't love a maraschino cherry either, but I can at least. But this is essentially at this stage, okay like that. almost ambrosia, which I'm not cool with, but like I understand as an idea, as a cultural idea. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then you whip cream until stiff and fold it in to the egg okay. mixture. Okay. Uh. And then you fold in ketchup and vanilla. Yeah. Then you pour it into paper baking cups in muffin pans and garnish the top with additional chopped cherries or nuts if desired and freeze until firm. So my problem is, like, you didn't cook those eggs at any point. Like, I know you froze now, is them. That, is that you how you make them. custard? Is that how you make frozen custard? You, I don't, I is don't it with know. raw eggs? I always thought you like cooked custard, right? Like, and then freeze it, and then, ex- freeze and then it. put it through a through a ice cream maker. Yeah, listener, if you happen to be a culinary anthropologist, could you tell us? Or just look on Google how to fucking make custard. You don't God. Honor- yeah, it's gross. Um. So anyway, Ew. this is a maraschino. This is really flying in the frozen. face of everything that Henry J. Hines stood for, and I feel like if he he is rolling in his clear bottle right now. Yeah. I agree. to know that in like that people are eating raw eggs in his name. Yeah. No, he would not be down with that. He no. would not be down with that. No, and I think that Heinz needs to, like, look at its current offerings and check back to its roots and see if they've got a They've got an answer for this. They need to see if they're really living their values. Well, they're clearly not. And I don't think that they are. Anyway, I'm very disappointed in them. So... That sounds all sorts of I want to vomit 
inside that muffin tin and I'm pretty sure that you would not be able to tell the difference between that concoction and my barf yeah uh okay so now we get into the tired of meat and potatoes mood ketchup spins meals is this a vegetarian is this a vegetarian section Ketchup spins meals out of the ordinary into new and different taste adventures. Wait a second. Was that, was the custard not part of the desserts? That no. was a dessert. No, that was, the was... De- that was the dessert in the let's have friends over mood. Your friends need a dessert. So there's an entire different section for dessert. an entire des- different section that's just like one chapter. That's I don't dessert. understand the organization there's... of this cookbook. Why would they have a that was like a party yeah, section? Yeah, so this, okay. like, this is like, that's if you're having a party, Here's here are the things that you should make. All right, okay. There's right. some dips. There's one thing called golden nuggets, which is not what you think. What, what do you think I'm thinking? Because when think, I hear golden I think, nuggets... I think you think it's chicken nuggets. I f- do feel like it's chicken nuggets. It's not what chicken is it? nuggets. It's, what? Like... <laughs> I want you to serve them and say, here's some golden nuggets. It's not what you think. It's like a, like a, like a butter biscuit dough. Oh. Cheese and ketchup mixed in. No, that that doesn't. No, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound bad, which is why I skipped it. Uh (laughs) Again, the LA. Continue. All right. Okay. So, so this is the tired of meat and potatoes mood. If you are tired of meat and potatoes and you would like a, to spin your meal into new and different taste adventures, this is the chapter for you. So here are all wow. sorts of suggestions for okay. when you're sick of meat and potatoes. All of which, by the way, fucking involve meat. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't see where they're going here. Okay, so... You might be sick of meat and potatoes, but why don't you try meat and potatoes this way? So you remember that chapter where in the Chiquita cookbook where they were just putting bananas where bananas didn't belong? Like taking, That's correct, yes. Taking, well, I wa- res- taking recipes I would s- that already existed and just putting a banana in for no reason? I would contest that that was the bulk of the cookbook, but yes, I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so th- that's true. Um, so this chapter is all about recipes that already exist, and we're just going to put ketchup in. All right. So, like, there's a there's a rosy beef stroganoff. Oh, yes, there is. Well, wait a second. Beef Which, stroganoff. Now, how do you make beef stroganoff? Is there not, not tomato in that? No, I don't know. No, there's okay. no fucking... And there, even if there was tomato, there wouldn't be fucking ketchup in. Like... This... I'll tell you what this sounds like. This beef... It, it, this sounds like I'm going to just make the dish, and then you can put ketchup on top of it. Right, except then there's the ketchup is mixed in. Right. So we've done away with putting the ketchup on the table. You don't have to do it. I've already done you the service of giving you the ketchup. Yeah. Then there's like Do you a... remember do you remember that I Love Lucy episode where they go to France and she orders the ketchup and it's like the biggest affront? Oh yes. God, I loved her. God, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. All right. I love Lucy. All so, right, moving on. Sorry. So, rosy beef stroganoff. There's something called crab meat andalouse, which is just fucking crab nope. dip. It's just nope. crab dip. But I love but, crab dip. But it has Heinz chili sauce and Heinz prepared mustard in. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. 
Now, chili sauce, no, not ketchup. Not but ketchup. Chili sauce, but chili sauce. Wait a second. Is, chili sauce is Heinz basically chili sauce is was basically ketchup with cumin in, or ketchup with with horseradish, right? No, that's cocktail What's, sauce. Cocktail sauce. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, they have a recipe right. for the in here somewhere, and I was like, well, that's for okay. cocktail sauce. Yeah. I fucking love cocktail sauce. And then there's some. I do too. Oh my god, I can like. One time, I went to Las Vegas with a friend with a couple of friends. Yeah. And we went to the buffet, and okay. there was just there were like crab legs and shrimp cocktail, right? And, and you became George Costanza. And it was an all-you-can-eat buffet. And I looked mm-hmm. at the ladies, and I was like, "Listen, you're just gonna have to settle in. Like, I'm gonna be here for a while." I didn't fuck around with anything else in the buffet line. I was like, bring me all of the peel and eat shit. That's bring right. Bring me all of the crab legs. Give me a bucket of cocktail sauce. I am sitting here for three hours. You're the reason. You and you alone are the reason why they have time limits now at these buffets. Yeah, they didn't then. I was there for a <laughs> long time. A long time. Oh, God. I really do love cocktail sauce. I really do. I really do. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. See, I'm not also not a ketchup hater. But just, All right. you know, you gotta... It just doesn't belong in a fucking crab dip. <laughs> then there is... So, like, so we, like, we don't have to go through these recipes, but, like, it's essentially just, like, ketchup doesn't go here. Ketchup doesn't go on anything called Creole steak. Like, that's not that's not Creole. That's not what that is. Just because you put chopped green pepper in there. Like, Just because not... there's a mirepoix involved does not make it no, Creole. You gotta fuck right off. Then there's <laughs> ju- like then they try to get all Frenchy. It's right. ju- Julienne of Beef Continental. Ooh, beef continental. Yeah, but there's fucking ketchup in it. Well, that's like a, what like a that's what brings it. it back to this continent. And then also they want you to serve, so it's essentially like strips of sirloin cooked in like a ketchup and garlic and red wine sauce. That sounds like brisket. Yeah, it's just that this wouldn't be so bad if you just took the fucking ketchup out of it. Right. Right. Like right. it would be fine. It would it would be pot roast. It would be it's beef pot stew. roast. It's exactly. Pot roast. It's pot roast with slices of beef instead of pieces of beef. But right. Um, but the problem is, like, they do put ketchup in. And then, Does ketchup act as a ten? I bet it ketchup acts as a tenderizer, too. I mean, maybe, with all that vinegar in it. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I'm starting to like ketchup more and more from this cookbook. <laughs> I've become enamored with it. I mean, I... Like, maybe it's not so bad. No, listen, I told you, okay. like, once I heard that Heinz was, like, kind of a great guy, I'm like, now I'm like, I'm willing to give these things the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, willing to give it, yeah. When I was looking through this last night to prepare for today, I was like, oh, these are awful. I'm gonna, But now I'm like, well, maybe he's on to something. Like, you never, exactly. <laughs> maybe so, he's trying to save the world one bottle at a time. God. Yeah. Here's my problem with this Julienne of Beef Continental is that they suggest serving it over saffron rice. No, that's like, nice. No, this is not. Like, <laughs> saffron is really expensive. Like, this is not what you waste saffron on. Like, some poor right. 
woman in the Middle East had to like hand pick that saffron flower. Oh yeah, stamen. those beautiful little strings that you get. Like you get one string for seventeen dollars. Yeah, it's expensive. It's, it's hard work. Yeah. It's like. So you're going to waste that delicious, like, fragrance on your ketchup beef stew? Like, no. no. I mean, how much would you hazard a guess that people basically just probably put some yellow food dye in their rice and call it a day? I know. Listen, I mean, probably. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're into the seeing red mood. Ooh. Wait, who's shouting? Guys. Guys. Can you be quiet, please? Go on. Okay, so now... What do you mean, who's shouting? Who the fuck do you think is shouting? I've got two kids here. I would just like you to know that I can hear the shouting. All right, Um, sorry. Okay, so now we're into the seeing red mood, which I feel like is ineptly named, because I don't know if it meant the same thing in the 1970s, but like in today's parlance... Seeing red is like your fury. Anger. Yeah. Right. But instead, this is recipes with lots of red stuff for true ketchup lovers. It's which like it's a play on words, Nama. But like it it connotes some negativity that I feel it like does. Heinz doesn't want to cultivate. Like I just I found that a very surprising word choice. So anyway, I feel like huh. there are other puns right. I could use. So anyway, you... this is this is your son. Better chapter. red than dead. That, that would be worse. That that would be worse. Yeah. Mm. Listen, right. I, <laughs> I feel like they didn't need to go there. Like, Right. They should have left the puns out totally. They should have left the puns out. The, this is your son's chapter. <gasps> this chapter is all about if you fucking love ketchup, we're mm-hmm. going to put an insane amount of it in every single one of these recipes. Mm-hmm. This is the go big or go home chapter. This is the go big or go home chapter. We have a little bit of cultural appropriation again where they, they have Bayou Jambalaya. Okay. That, that has a just a giant ass cu- full cup of Heinz tomato ketchup in. Wow. Wow. Along, along with a, cu- a cup of cubed cooked ham. Which I, what? I feel like. Is that supposed to. Is no. that supposed to substitute for the sausage? That's supposed to substitute for the sausage. All right. Well, maybe they didn't have access to sausage and cubed ham was it. They're making do with what they have. They had fucking access to sausage. Like, you can, might not be able to get the, like, beautiful andouille sausage, but, like, you can get the, you can get fucking, like, sausage. Jimmy like Dean. This, yeah. You can get have, the Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Not ham. Right. Anyway. Okay. So there's that. Uh, the two first recipes both call for a full bottle of tomato ketchup. So that's where you get the fucking every person eats three bottles yeah. of ketchup. Yeah. If you put an entire bottle, that's that right there. I know, but each of these makes like eight, one makes eight to ten servings, one makes six servings, but still. So the first one is, is essentially pot roast where you okay. put an entire bottle of tomato ketchup into the mix. <laughs> It's just your shortcut for creating what could otherwise be a beautiful, like, red wine, beef stock-based That's soft your beef stroganoff, right. But now it becomes... Instead of any of that, it's just ketchup. The only thing, the only sauce in here is ketchup with a little bit of water. And God you're just going to cook an entire four pounds of rolled rump roast in that, plus some, like, green pepper and mushrooms. Um, 
And then this this feels like it could have been in the banana cookbook just because it's called Chicken Legs Piquant. Ooh. So. And is the piquant horseradish and ketchup? Chiquita banana. No, the piquant is a bottle of ketchup plus cider vinegar plus Worcestershire oh. sauce plus prepared mustard. Oh. It's, I now, mean, when it's they say, mustard, wait a second, when they say prepared mustard, do they mean like the mustard powder and they put no, it in? They mean, yep, they mean Heinz a bottle yellow of, mustard. Copy that. Okay. I mean, there's All only right. a tablespoon of it in here. Like, All right. Again, that, that makes it slightly piquant. Sure. Again, the recipe itself doesn't sound horrible. Like, I, like it's not, this is not my first choice for a recipe. How does this, how does this stuff not just taste like a hamburger just, or a hot dog? Because well, that's what it is, right? When you well, put all of the chicken. condiments on. This is chicken. It's a chicken and you, dog. And you, right. and you roast the chicken in ketchup, essentially. That's what you're doing. You're roasting the, ketchup, okay. the chicken in ketchup. Um, then they have this recipe called a red eye, which, like, I, I've never heard of this, and this is. Oh, that's coffee. That's a, the red eye sauce is coffee. It's no. like a gravy, right? Oh, oh, I mean, that may be what it should be. Okay, what is it here? This is not a sauce. This is a recipe for an appetizer. What? Where you take a ripe, pitted, peeled avocado half, and you put That's it on nice a... nice that they have an avocado in there. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Avocado. God bless. All right. And then you put it on a piece of lettuce, <laughs> and then you fill the little hole where the pit used to be. With cottage with, cheese? With Come on, ketchup. cottage cheese. With ketchup. Snake eyes. With ketchup. Wait, what? What? That's why it's called a red eye. Wait, what? You put ketchup in there. You just squeeze it into the hole where you the. Just, where I mean, the I pit think was? in the seventies they didn't have a squeezy bottle, but yeah. Oh my god! And then you serve that on lettuce as an appetizer. What is? It? And then you just eat that? I guess, like, yeah. So basically, you're just eating ketchup because avocado has such a mild flavor. Yeah, and you've not salted the avocado or anything. <laughs> Do you eat it like a taco? I have with no the, idea how you're supposed to eat it. With the lettuce as the bun or the, Here's the, the thing. shell? The logistics of eating this thing are not what's tripping me up here. That's not your like, concern. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of this as a whole experience. I'm thinking of this as a whole experience, though. Yeah. I mean, it, that... And can you imagine being served that? No, I really can't. Like, it's, I think... like, this is the kind of thing you would serve to children at Halloween, to me. No! And you would put, like, a little slice And you'd put olive. a raisin in it! You'd, you'd put, put like, a, a raisin sli- in it! Like, a little and call it a olive. death eye. Like, That's a little right. sliced olive in the middle. And, or and a raisin, it's... exactly. Yeah. No, God, a and raisin it would be so much Dead worse. man's eyes. Oh That's God. why! you got to go with it. Lean into it. Oh. Wow! I think that in the 70s, if I were given, I would be surprised, first of all, because I'd probably never had an avocado before. But then, to ruin it, how much do you think an avocado was back then? It had to be expensive. I mean, it's expensive now, and they're much more plentiful. I live in California, and avocados the other day were $1.69 each. That's exactly right. So then, in the 70s, they might have been a dollar each then, yeah, which is basically which like $7,000. And then to put a dollop of ketchup inside. You know who would eat this? My son. Yeah. 100% he would who eat else? this. 
No one. Yeah. He would totally. No he you loves know what ketchup would and he loves avocado. You he know would what eat would it happen, all. though? That wouldn't even be a dare to just... him. He'd be like, oh, great dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last. The good news is that this chapter doesn't have any dessert suggestions, but they get to that in the next chapter. Um, but the right, last I got thing- to go volunteer at this porn party, so let's move on. Okay. So there's just a couple more. Ch- oh, there's a lot more chapters. Shit, we're not even like halfway through the book. Um, okay, I'm just pick gonna- a couple that are great. Okay, so in the I'll fix the family's favorite mood. Well, we've already got that covered. No, I'm sorry. We're doing the avocado and ketchup for my family. These family favorites will always be in demand because they're made with everybody's favorite ketchup. (laughs) So. Wait a second. Wait, is it. I have a grammatical question here. Is it everybody's favorite comma ketchup or is it everybody's favorite ketchup? Everybody's favorite ketchup. Oh, so they're not saying that ketchup is everybody's favorite. They're just saying that Heinz is the favorite ketchup. Yes, and for some reason, okay. listen. So this is another chapter where everything is just like a regular ass recipe for the seventies. So like gross in the way that the seventies recipes are gross, but like right. but normal, like like within everything everything brown with some pimento on top. Yeah, within the mm-hmm. bounds of reason, gross, right? Okay. Um, but then they just put ketchup in. And the worst of this is that they also insist that you put ketchup into an apple pie. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. So they call it, How? they call it love apple pie and the, oh my God. and the ketchup is just like a part of what like gets tossed with the apples, but it's quite a bit of ketchup. It's like a third of a cup of ketchup oh in with, God. in with apples and lemon juice and sugar and cinnamon. Do you take do you take out some sugar? No, there's, that... still, there's still a lot of sugar in here. Now, I would like to bring us back. This is a historical thing, because let's go back to 1812. James Meese referred to tomatoes as love apples. Oh, well, so here we go. So there you go. This is back this to the This is roots. actually a historic, right. Here's my problem. This, this, is says... a, this is a hipster dish. It's a bespoke dish it's in the bespoke... 70s. It's, it's steampunky. It's old timey. It is old-timey. Um, so my problem with this recipe, other than the, like, that there's ketchup and apple pie, which is horrible, um, is that there's a little asterisk that says, if apples are very tart, add one to two tablespoons of sugar to ketchup mixture. Ooh. Like, oh. Like, two tart apples are not going to be the problem in this dish. You- like, the... <laughs> That's my Again, problem. they did not want to mix their they did not want to mix their food quadrants, right? So right. if it's sweet, it's sweet. It's not going to be sweet and sour together. Okay. Ironically, though, this is when the whole that Chinese food sweet and sour thing was created. Was oh yeah, the no, there was a sweet and sour pork recipe in here too. I just oh, thank. <laughs> okay. Because like because it just had nothing to do with the, no- like not in reference to apple pie. Huh? Well, that's just not. It's just normal seventies gross. Right. So, okay. It's the kids' turn in the kitchen mood. Kids, oh. Kids and ketchup It wasn't the kids' together. turn before? I, I mean, this, whole, this is a fucking ketchup cookbook, so who else are you making this shit for? I don't know. Oh, God. Um, okay. So this is another orange and brown rainbow. 
Uh, kids and ketchup belong together, but most especially with foods of their own making. I, I'm annoyed, but not so grossed out by omelet Olay. <gasps> I've we, put ketchup on an omelet before. I mean, all this is is an omelet with like a mildly spiced up ketchup sauce okay. on top, which like all right. okay. fine. Uh-huh. Where where this loses me is in the, as usual, in the desserts that they suggest children make. So one is called tic tac toe cookies, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a peanut butter cookie with ketchup in it. <gasps> no, it's not. It is. It Why tic tac toe? I. Do you put it? I are there raisins know. in it? Uh, oh, you know what? Because you you've you dip your fork in flour and you like right. squish it down into little like with your right. fork. That's into, what I thought. And you, yeah. You make little X shape so it's a peanut butter cookie with tomato with ketchup i have to wonder if the ketchup flavor doesn't cook out or bake out or something does it does everything then look brown like does it like why then why then why why put the ketchup like no it just doesn't like it doesn't belong there we're done here okay that's not even the worst of it Next comes caramel Thank nut God. frosting. <gasps> no, mm-hmm. do not put your ketchup in that. Do there's, not put your dirty ketchup hands in that. There's ketchup in it. What? How? What? In what way? And you're meant to put this on a baked warm sheet cake for which they, <sighs> do, for, which, <laughs> for which they don't give you a recipe. Thank God. No, of course they don't. Uh, it's butter they or margarine. Put in that too. It's butter or margarine melted and cooled. Light cream, tomato ketchup, brown oh, sugar. God, oh, and nuts or sh- and nuts or shredded coconut. Now here's a question: Is it shredded fucking coconut? God, damn, that was the topping of the seventies yeah. as a shredded coconut. Now let me ask you this: You know when you go to the Cracker Barrel uh, and you get a Coca Cola cake? Have you heard of the Coca Cola cake? It's a no. southern thing. They put Coca-Cola in a cake, and it actually is quite delicious. But and I, I wonder see if that ketchup because serves... Coca-Cola, but Coca-Cola is just... Sweet. Like, it's just sweet. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah. like I've put, like, root beer in a barbecue sauce. I've, co- like, I've made a Coca-Cola yeah. ham. Like, all of that stuff makes sense to me somehow. Ketchup in fucking caramel frosting? No. Well, again, no. it's putting this weird umami flavor. Uh, God. I, I okay. Much, all, right. all right. All right. Continue. Okay. Then there's a sunshine fruit cup. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Much like a banana, <sighs> ketchup doesn't belong in a fruit salad. No, it does not. Yeah. Also, there's fucking two bananas. Although tomatoes are considered a fruit. Yeah, fuck off. Listen. <laughs> to- this is a... Pineapple, grape, apple, fruit cup with a sauce made of cream, sugar, ketchup, lemon juice, and cinnamon. Can I make a comment about an apple in a fruit cup as well? Also doesn't belong because it becomes immediately mealy. It doesn't even matter how crisp that apple is. I agree with you. It's the worst texture of all. I agree with you, but then they put two bananas in here. Well, then fuck off anyway, because yeah. you probably can't taste the ketchup. It's all banana. No, now it tastes like ketchupy bananas with cinnamon. Oh, God. Awful. Awful. 
Okay. Oh, holy honey roasted Christ. That sounds disgusting. Next chapter is the let's get stewed mood, which you think would be about like drinking a lot. Drinking. Yeah. Drinking a lot so that you can stomach some of these recipes. But instead, it's a bunch of stews. stews, Of course. It's a bunch of stews that have like a solid amount of ketchup in. Um, I'm going to say that I appreciate how committed they are to the pun, though. I they agree really, with you. they really are. It's every chapter. It's every chapter. Good for them. Um, so the worst of these recipes is I, there's two of them that are really awful to me. But the worst, the absolute worst, is Frankfurter stew with dumplings. Nice. Yes, girl. Just let yes. that. Just let that soak in for a second. That's a that would be a hot dog stew. <laughs> where the gravy of the stew is really it's just ketchup, ketchup and hot Worcestershire ketchup. sauce. There's some carrots and potatoes thrown in there, a little parsley. Oh. And then what are the And then there's dumplings on top. What are the dumplings made out of? Biscuit dough. Wait, did you disappear? No, oh, I had to mute. I had to okay. mute. Um biscuit, biscuit dough. dough. Biscuit dough. God. So it's slimy. I don't love chicken and dumplings. Because it just feels like there's a lot of slimy dough in with mucusy chicken. Oh, then but you've I understand had shit that people love it. Chicken and dumplings. I have had shit chicken and dumplings. Again, the only place I've had the chicken and dumplings is the Cracker Barrel. No. You would think that I go to the Cracker Barrel you every week over... for the amount that I talk about it, but you... I've been three times I've in my life. To, I've never been to a Cracker Barrel, but um, we don't have them out here. Um, but. You come over to my house for some chicken and dumplings that will blow your fucking mind. Really? But, yeah, but right. it's but it's not gonna have fucking hot dogs in it. With ketchup. <laughs> it's just not okay. So then there's like, Well don't make me don't make me make this because I it will ruin chicken and dumplings forever for me. Except that I think that Magnus would be so happy if you made this. I love it. It's hot dogs. All his favorite things. It's hot dog ketchup stew. Oh my god, that's totally his jam. I mean completely. Okay, so then And we know what the appetizer will be. Then the only other one that really makes me mad in this chapter, which isn't it doesn't make me mad because of what's actually in the recipe, because the recipe sounds like it wouldn't be that bad. But it's called hamburger stew. And it is essentially Okay. It's essentially sloppy joes. Alright. Which like how do you I make get you behind. make sloppy joes with ketchup normally? Yeah, is that how? Yeah, to me, I feel joke? like okay. you have to make sloppy joes with ketchup, or it doesn't taste okay. like sloppy joes. Okay. Uh, but they're calling it a stew, so you're essentially like you're taking. It's is, a loose. It's a looser, as loose as sloppy joe is. Right. It's a looser sloppy joe. It's a looser sloppy joe because there's an entire bottle of ketchup in this. And I also want to say that I am getting nauseated just by using the term loose to describe food. Loose meat, I do not (laughs) like it. It is not appetizing to me. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So my problem with this recipe is like, this actually sounds like a pretty good recipe for Sloppy Joe's, but then you're supposed to just like put it in a bowl and eat it as if that was normal. Like that's not. mm. Well, it's the paleo way, I guess. Listen, and I'm not going to go into this recipe, but I need you to know that they made, they they have a recipe in here for something called Hungarian stulash, <laughs> which I thought you would enjoy the pun for. I do love that. 
Okay. So the last chapter, and perhaps the most important and egregious chapter of this book. Okay. Is, <laughs> is called the To Heck With The Diet Mood. <sighs> Going off the diet has its own reward, and ketchup makes it all the more worthwhile. As if everything preceding this was diet friendly. As if everything was calorically low and generally healthy for you before any of that happened. I mean, like, a tablespoon of ketchup only has 16 calories, you said, And right? no fat. Zero no fat. fat. That's right. Uh, I mean, all the sugar in the world, so that's just going to turn into a big old cup of fat, but that's fine. All right. So, listen. to heck with the diet. To heck with the diet mood. What they mean is this is the recipe where all, this is the chapter where all of the recipes are desserts. And it's, and the cover, the like photo for the chapter is something called a sunset chiffon cake. <gasps> which is a set. What is a chiffon, Nama? I, I don't know. Lemon I don't know. chiffon. I think it's like a texture. I think it's like the okay. whip, like the whipped cream frostingy thing. Okay. Okay. Um, like it's a meringue. Like the, it's a meringue frosting. I think. All right. So this, or maybe it's not a meringue thing, but I think a chiffon cake is meant to be like light because you've beaten the egg whites. I see. Um. So it's as light as chiffon. Yeah, and this is very clear that you should not underbeat. They should be very stiff peaks. That's what she said. This is essentially a lemon and orange chiffon cake. Okay. With ketchup. With like a lot of ketchup. A lot of ketchup? Okay, where does the ketchup go? Does it go in the cake? Does it go in the the frosting? It's in the cake batter. It's awful. And then what color, a, does everything turn sort of like a gross brownie red at the I mean, end? I think that's why they call this the sunset chiffon cake. Like they're just preparing oh, you for God. the fact that it's going to be or, like 1970s orange. In 1978, that's the when year I, was, I was born. That's the year you were born. And I was five. I have a distinct memory of doing a latch hook rug of a sunset there is nothing more 70s no than a latch hook rug of a sunset nothing and that's what i'm imagining yeah this food is this cake is it is is that latch hook rug all right version of a latch hook rug okay (laughs) so then there's a peanut brittle recipe which is just peanut brittle that has ketchup in it i don't know why There's something called Major League Rhubarb, which is like a rhubarb crisp. Oh, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Except that they put in a banana and ketchup. Oh no. oh, no. Do you think they put in the banana to hide the ketchup? I don't know. That's the only reason I can see why you would do that. I don't know why they do it. And then, and then there's an apricot custard pie. Ugh. Again. Again, do you cook the do you cook the eggs there? There's no eggs. You must. Oh, okay. Oh, there are they eggs. just call it Wait, custard. There, are, for... eggs. there okay. are eggs. Okay. So it's yeah, it's quartered so it's dried apricots. Oh. Which I found surprising. But you Okay. But you, do you reconstitute mix, them? Yeah, you reconstitute okay. them in ketchup. 
So you no you you mix what? the dried apricots. You reconstitute apricots mm-hmm. in ketchup. Yeah. So what you do is you mix water, <sighs> sugar, a bunch of ketchup, butter or margarine. Oh no. And lemon juice and salt. And you boil the apricot halves in there. You simmer the apricot halves in there for 15 minutes until they're tender. <sighs> then you spread the apricot mixture evenly in the bottom of a pie shell. By the way, they do not expect you to make your own pie crust by no, any means. No, of course. They're like this, Why you would get you it, do you're that? You're buying a nine-inch pie shell. We have convenience That's exactly now. Right. It's Wait, so you... <laughs> So you have the pie crust, and on top of the pie crust, you put these reconstituted, mushy apricots with, that have been infused with ketchup, right? And along butter, with, okay. along with all of the ketchup-based sauce that they. Were oh well, thank God you don't in. want to lose any of that you flavor. Don't, don't lose that flavor. That's delicious. Stuff. Any of that goodness. So and that, at this point, it's probably reduced to become. Right. Okay, all right. It's like a apricot ketchup cream. Um, so then you and so then you make a custard out of egg, two eggs, milk, sugar, and vanilla, and you pour that over and you bake. So it's gonna be like layers. Like, it's layers. Like, yeah, that's the sunset. That's what they should call the sunset. Yeah, it's awful. All right, they fucked up there. That's anyway. The, that's the worst of it. So then, <laughs> so that's that's the that's the Heinz tomato ketchup spin the bottle cookbook from nineteen seventy. Oh my God! Thank you for traumatizing me. You're welcome. We're I... both making desserts, by the way. Yeah, we're because none of this is desserts. horrific enough. You know, again, all of this food I could see potentially eating the savoriness, save the ham loaf. I mean, that's I have I've never eaten ham loaf. That's not a part of my repertoire. When I was little, we kept kosher, and then when I was older, I had taste buds. Or if ham loaf was not readily available yeah. in my area. I'm not really sure. The point is, you and I, whatever we figure out we're going to do, it's going to be in that last section. To heck with the diet, Nama! We're to making a ketchup dessert. Uh, I know exactly what I want you to make. <gasps> what is it? It's it's the carnival cream. Uh, which, which one was that? That was the one that's, in the... That's the maraschino cherries frozen custard. Now, wait a second. Am I going to die if I eat that? I don't think so. My, I've been thinking about this. Eggs are pasteurized now, so we're Eggs okay, right? Eggs are pasteurized, right? and when you freeze it, that should kill anything. If I give it to my children, will they die? Or is that or is CPS going to come knocking at my door? No promises on that second one. I'm not going to call okay. CPS, but like maybe don't tell anybody. Like anyone listener don't call cps please don't call cps i'm not giving you my address all right okay okay so what am i making uh, you're making that that last one that we heard about the with the apricots custard. oh yeah apricot absolutely okay absolutely okay Ugh, Oof, i want to so see you gross. eat that fucking chunky mess oh my god it's so mm. gross I am looking forward to you opening that up and you're going to buy the pie crust. No, you're not going to take any long cuts, by the way. You're going to most certainly, you're not making your own crust to try and and spruce it up to try and fancify this shit. You are buying a crust. Oh, God. This is going to be the worst thing. I don't know. We'll see. All right, listener. I'm like more nervous about this apricot custard pie than I was about the bananas. No, 
I think that they're both equally hideous and horrific, but I'm excited about you making this. I am, and and you need to video every single step. Right, I'm gonna. I want to see the whole thing. The reconstituted apricots in the pot. All right, with I, the might, ketchup, I, I might. I might do like. Up. I might do a photo story. I'm okay with that because I don't know how to edit. A la video. Smitten Kitchen. I'm yeah. okay with that. I don't know how to edit video. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Okay. Sorry, I had so, to cough there. All right. So, so that's, that's that. Uh, so we'll see you next week, listener. Don't uh, <laughs> don't put ketchup. Don't, don't don't sleep on ketchup. Don't, don't put, sleep on big ketchup. Listen, big bottle. <laughs> don't. Much like the banana cookbook, please don't put ketchup where it doesn't belong. Oh my God! Leave the cookbook. Take the ketchup. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye. Gag reflex. What's that smell? Gag reflex. Vintage denims from hell.